so Grasso, as we as we head into to week nine here, uh, you're, you're you're about to head off on a an excursion uh, on the rock boat for the second time. Let's. I want to ask you about what is a concert memory. You know, we we all we all love going to shows here at the podcast. What is a great concert memory you have? Ooh, this is difficult. I, I love music. Live music is one of my favorite things in the whole world. We went to your bachelor party in Nashville, and it was one of the best times I've ever had because every single place we walked past, looked at, could smell from a distance, the pizzeria, the fucking gas station, everywhere had live music. It was fantastic. I love Nashville. And it was like, here's $20, play whatever song you want, and the band would fucking play it. And it was like a seven-piece band of the most talented people you've ever seen. So that's not really a concert, but that's one of my favorite, like, music. Nashville is the music city, and it, it has that reputation. My favorite concert rep memory that I have is we went out to Canandaigua, New York. And it was, uh, it was, the headliner was Sugar Ray, and it was Sugar Ray, Smash Mouth, Fastball, Vertical Horizon, uh, Gin Blossoms. Gin Blossoms. Blossoms. Yes, yes, yes. So we go out to this show, and it's in like an amphitheater that's set up like SPAC, but there's no second level, so you can see the whole the whole stage is pretty much open, and the slope was so much more gradual. This concert venue was on like a community college campus in the Finger Lakes. It was gorgeous, like lush. It was beautiful. And we get there and it was raining. And we were in ponchos and we still stood out on the grass, even though they were like, everybody come on down, no problem, come inside. And we we're like, no, we're staying in the grass. And we were like already pretty drunk and we're there. And this is my favorite memory of that memory. It's like, we were standing like probably wobbling at like the beer stand. And we're looking and we're like, well, how much for like a beer? And they're like, well, it's $14 for a tall boy Bud Light. And I was like, what? tall boy Bud Light? Like that's a ridiculous amount of money. And then I'm like cross-eyed, look at the lady. I'm like, how much for like wine? And she was like, $16. I was like, $16 for a glass of wine? She was like, no, for the bottle. So we all drank bottles of Finger Lake wine, listening to Smash Mouth and Vertical Horizons and Gin Blossoms and the fucking Sugar Ray. And it was insane. Smoking dubs. That was going to be mine because it's just wild that they were just selling bottles of wine. And they put them in the little, in the little deli containers. And like, you know, we, we would go up and we'd each get one bottle for two of us. And we went, you know, we each had like six bottles of wine between the two, like two people. It was wild. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. How much it was, we drank. it was magnificent yeah it was it was great uh yeah we don't have time for joe's but i guarantee you it's a billy joel concert <laughs> correct All right, everybody. 
Welcome to week 10 of the Pining for a Podcast, or week nine, I don't know. We lost week a week nine. there. We're, we're, not double, we're not in double digits yet. No, okay, so it's it's definitely week nine of the Pining for a Podcast. I am your host, the broken cock, the mouth breather himself, Ben Max. We've got the wieners, wean dogs himself, Greg Marcou, and two beers too deep, Christopher Grasso, and of course, always in the booth, Joe Fermusa, the moose mayhem himself, guys. We were off last week. Did you all enjoy your little mini vacation? We're back. I did. I did. I enjoyed. I enjoyed my trip to the uh, to the uh, Alps. Uh, it was lovely. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, I can't believe we're halfway through the season here. We're just over halfway. Yeah, wow. yeah, just over halfway. And you know, things are not as clear as I thought they would be at this point in the season. I mean, we know who the top teams are, uh, but besides like the top couple teams, everything's up for grabs. And the bottom team, we know I who. Think- yeah, I this it's we were just looking at I'm looking at the stats the, the records here. There are seven four and four teams. Mm-hmm. There are three three and five teams. One and there's two teams that are over five hundred. I think we looked at the you know, we'll go into the week this this week, but Ben, I think you said that all the four and three teams lost this week. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's 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 there's two clear top teams, one clear bottom team, and then just a shit show in the middle. It's so muddled. It's fantastically muddled, and and it makes it so that it's competitive for the rest of the season. Literally anything can happen in this league, and that's what's so exciting and kind of intriguing for me uh, looking, looking at the rest of the season. It's like everything is so close. It's hard to say who is really going to win. You know what I mean? You cannot definitively say right now who is – you, you, you can say whatever, that my team is number one because I haven't lost yet, but I, it doesn't mean I'm not going to lose the rest of the season. There's a lot of teams very close together, and anything can happen in the next couple of weeks. And, and the playoffs, literally, it's this season. Like last week, how many teams scored above 120 points? And the week before that, we were talking about how you need 120 points to win in this league. In the last two weeks, there have been so many winners that are under 120 points. I think it's magnificent, and I think it makes uh, fantasy football, I don't know, very exciting in this league. We're all really good at fantasy football, guys. Really good. Yeah, it, but, you know, and this also means that <laughs> – Every prediction we have from here on out carries the weight of probably meaning absolutely nothing because it's such a crapshoot. There is such uh, there's so much parity in the league that uh, a lot of different things can happen, and it wouldn't be a surprise to anybody. You guys ready for some uh, breakdown of what happened last week? We're not going to do two weeks because we don't have that much time tonight, so we're just going to go right to last week. Does that sound good with you guys? Hit it. All right, uh, so we'll start with uh, my matchup because I'm selfish like that, and we'll look at the my victory over the Fitz Magic. The Broken Cock scored 98.15 last week, and the Fitz Magic scored 69.1. Uh, and this was a much needed win for me. I mean, Fitz Fitz has really been dead in the water for a while here, but for the Broken Cocks, there's just a little sliver of life left. So, what do you, what do you guys? What's your uh, impression of this matchup? I Fitz's team is so bad. It's so horrendous. He had just no points on his bench either. His top point scorer on his bench was Teddy Bridgewater, who scored 14. A quarterback scoring 14 points is not good. He just is the negative six from your defense. Like, granted, Ben, you had a decent week. I mean, it was a pretty low scoring week overall. Right. 
you won the week, but Fitz's team with that negative yeah. six into the defense is it, rough. Yeah, the negative six is un, unheard of, I feel like. Not really. He scored negative six last week against Spencer, but the only reason Spencer did worse was because he scored negative 11 on defense. He scored negative. Wow, I can't believe I missed that. I Yeah, missed dude, absolute insanity. That game was super close. If either of them would have picked any other defense, or they, no the defense. outcome of that, or no defense at all, the outcome of that game would have been different. It's insane to think about. But looking at this, that what you traded James Connors for Miles Gaskin, right? Straight up or what right? No, it was it was it was James Connor and James Connor and Cortland Sutton, right, and George Kittle uh for T. Higgins and Miles Gaskin. Oh, wait, I already screwed that up. Uh for yeah. James Connor, Cortland Sutton, and Ricky Seal Jones. Right. So for for me, James Connors is getting those short yardage end zone touches. Yeah, he's the goal that, line guy, and it's been that consistent. that Arizona offense has not really been clicking throwing the ball. Uh, that Kyler D Hop connection has not been outstandingly, dramatically fantastic um, in the last few weeks. So we'll see what happens. I mean, your team's coming on. You didn't score more than 100 points, Ben. So it's not like you flexed a lot of muscle this week, um, right? But the pickup and the changes that you made. James Connors at RB2 is good, is a good pickup for you. And I think he's going to be consistent for the rest of the season. Right. And, you know, uh, one final thought I'll leave here before we move on to the next matchup is that uh, my team has, you know, has really underperformed here. I feel like it, uh, the trade I made, be, I now have a sort of three man rotation because Antonio Brown's supposed to be back next week after he has the bye week. We'll see if he stays healthy, but he is a border. He's like in between a wide receiver one and a two when he's healthy and firing with that Tampa Bay offense. So if he comes back, that's really the weakest part of my game is my wide receivers. So if he comes back with any shred of decency, then. I'm a business. So we'll see. We'll see what happens this week. We can talk about that, that matchup later. Let's move on. Our next matchup here, I've got the Moose Mayhem versus the Vinzaloons. Now, this was another desperation game for the Vinzaloons. He was two and five coming in. And Moose, who is four and three and has one of the best rosters, if not the best roster in the league, also needed to win at four and three to really vault himself up there. Uh, unfortunately, Moose did not come away with the win with the Vinzalun scoring 118.65 to Moose's 104.85. Grasso, what are your thoughts on this? Um, short and sweet. Moose's team just did not perform to their potential this week. Nick Chubb and the Cleveland Browns were kind of flat this week. Um, DeAndre Swift really didn't put in work. And the really, really the darkest spot was Travis Kelsey versus somehow that somehow I don't understand how the New York Giants did so well. I'm sure Greg Echo could give me a thesis about how the defense of the Giants, but the, the Kansas City Chiefs just kind of seem flat. They seem like they can't get it going, you know, um, have to Kelsey have like is just, yeah, it's just kind of sad, you know, and uh, I think. I think it's more that, I mean, Vinny's team is going to play like this. I feel like for the rest of the season, he has a very middle of the road team where people can pop off. Allen can have a great game every week. Ezekiel can. So there's, there's potential for Vinny to do this more and more. I think this is just a kind of a down week for Moose. Really what it was. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, it, it comes down to Vinny's top three scorers scored more overall than 
Moose is top three scorers. I mean, you know, Moose got lots of points from Burrow, Jones, and Cooper, but not much from everybody else. Chase had a solid week. But, I mean, 17 points. We talked about defense the last two matchups. 17 points for the Broncos defense for Vinny. That's it a game happen. changer. That's a game changer right there. I mean, that's the, that's the matchup right there. I mean, he doesn't score. If he scores two points, he loses that from his defense. Um, you know, so, and, and Allen had a great game. So, I think it's just a, it was a good win by Vin. Moose, again, for having such a good roster, the fact that he's four and four, I would be worried for Moose that, yes, I'm probably going to win a tiebreaker for points for it, but I still need to get to seven or eight wins to get a playoff shot. Moose, you got about 30 seconds here. What do you want? What do you got? Tell me about my own timer. Uh, Cooper made it close. <laughs> Cooper's, uh, Cooper's touchdown that won that game made it close, and then I was just hoping for a pedestrian game from Kelsey, which, you know, was between like 15 and 20 points didn't happen. So, you know, it's one of those teams where, you know, when they show up, they show up, they put up 180 points, but when they do, you know, kind of halfway decent, they only show up with hundred. So, but just like I was saying a couple of weeks ago and someone just mentioned it, looks like you can win a game with less than 115 points. Yes. Yeah. Less than 120 points. We were saying that we were saying it three weeks ago. We were like, you cannot win a game in this league without 120 points. And there are only was one team last week that won with over 120 points. Right. All right. All right. So uh, one last thought before we move on. Vinny's baseline of his team, he had uh, the six points and then was the lowest score for any of his players. So it wasn't a lot of scoring, but he had a good baseline, even with his with his bench uh, doing what it did. There was a lot of bench points that Moose left out there. So there is that as well. That's all I've got to say about that. We'll move on to the Big X Bashers and the Keeks to success. Uh, this is another one, as as we're talking about, the things start to shake out. You know, both these teams were at three and four coming in here. A win for one of them would push them into that melee of four and four. Uh, and one of them would push back to the back of the pack at three and five. This week's win went to the Keeks to success at 107.35, even with those floundering Chiefs players and Big X Bashers who are starting to show one of the worst rosters in the league, uh, scoring 93.6. Doge, what are your thoughts? He, Eklund, not been able to solve that quarterback problem all season. He makes a move from Lamar Jackson, and he's on a bye. And yes, he's going to get him the rest of the season, but he got, what, three or seven points from Matt Ryan. Justin Jefferson has not been the Justin Jefferson of old. Yes, he's 21st ranked wide receiver, but he didn't draft him to be the 21st wide receiver. He drafted him to be a top 15 guy. He's not had a great season. His running backs are good. That's the one strength of Eccles' team. Is his running mm-hmm. backs are good. And on paper, his receivers are good. But I don't know if he's got – I mean, maybe when he solves the quarterback problem, He'll get some wins, but three and five as a whole. Again, I think eight wins you're going to need to guarantee a playoff spot. Seven and seven, you'll probably be in a tiebreaker, and his points for is not good. So, Keegan, it was a good week. hundred Again, anytime you score over 100 points, you've got to be happy. Right. And that's with My- only uh, David Johnson scoring 0.8 and Noah fans uh, scoring 1.8. Sorry, Grasso, go ahead. No, my big thing is Eggles' team is when Chuba doesn't get touches anymore, who's taking that spot? Elijah Mitchell, when everybody gets – is anybody else going to be healthy on San Francisco in time 
for it to make a difference? Is Elijah Mitchell going to be the starting running back in San Francisco for the rest of the season? I think That's he is. He, he, he's second in rookie rushing yards behind Najee yeah, Harris. Yeah, he's, he's doing absolutely fantastic. Um, he looks fantastic. And, and I'm, I'm with Wiener on this. The, the, the quarterback is a huge hole. I mean, if you have – Eckle only loses by 14 points. It's not a lot of points. That would have been 24-point quarterback performance, which is not a ridiculous performance from a quarterback. So he, here's to hoping that that Lamar comes back and fills that that 14-point hole, and then there are some games that can be won. There's a potential. There's a potential where you can make it to the playoffs and and have a run. I don't think you can. I think there's too many holes as people start to come back. Tony Pollard's in too much of a timeshare, and will never be an RB one or reliable RB two. Will maybe be flex at best, and that's the same with Damian Harris is because he's in a timeshare. Right. Uh, and yeah, you, yeah. And you never know with New England running backs either. It's New England running backs all day. If, right. if they, it's feast or famine. Right. And, uh, you know, one last uh, point, which I'll, I'll, I'll just make it to Ben's point before we move on. Uh, Eccles, one of those, probably the foremost manager in our league that relies on what he thinks is his very good managerial skills to choose the right players or, you know, pick up the guys on the waiver wire or pick these risk picks. And sometimes it works really well. Or sometimes you have a situation like this where you where you have these players that if you pick the matchups right, you can do well. But if you don't, you end up with a score that could have Voltman over. He left it, he left 71 points on the bench. So that's all I gotta say about that. We'll move on to two beers too deep versus the weak side werewolves. This, uh, I would say, was the matchup of the week. Uh, the highest scoring for sure. Uh, it featured the number one and the number two point score. Uh, Weekside Werewolves was looking to make a name for himself, get himself to five and three. And the two years too deep was looking to stay undefeated. And good news for our very own Chris Grasso is he's still undefeated, scoring the league high 129.25 with the Weekside Werewolves just coming just short uh, with 118.7. A great matchup all around, really. Uh, Doge, what have you got to say? If I'm Dale, this is the one where I break something because he scored the second highest points. He literally would have beat anyone else if he was matched up. He just happened to be against Grasso, who, of course, had another great week. His weakest game was from Derrick Henry. We all know went down with an injury. We'll figure out how that's going to be next, you know, moving forward with him. I just – it's 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 wild that he uh, – um, that he lost i again it happens every one once a year where some the second highest point total loses uh and it just happened to be dale this season right and yeah i mean there's you know a lot of good all around on both sides of the ball joe mixon is looking like the guy that we everybody thought was too brittle to be able to stay healthy a whole season and he's been great uh, Deontay Johnson's been solid and Hawkinson is, is an up and coming tight end that I think will be in top three discussion I, next year. Uh, and, you know, on Grasso's side, all of his players, except for the, uh, the now injured Derek Henry did well, and he played without Mark Andrews, who's a stellar tight end as well. Uh, so he, he made it work there. So, you know, his team performed well. Grasso, what do you have to say for yourself? I mean, your this is stellar win. Um, it's really, it's a good, it's a good win. It's a bad loss for the weak side werewolves. He's really struggling in his, the only place that he needs help 
and is is really his wide receiver two position. Um, he needs to. He struggled with that hole. Um, he's got good running backs. He's got good backups for those running backs. He's got. Uh, he's got. He's got the wins for the rest of the season. I, you know, he sh- he could have and should have won this game with Derrick Henry scoring six point eight points in a fantasy week. A team should not be able to come back from that. There's Derrick Henry is just the linchpin of most teams. Um, and when him going down with an injury, most teams will flounder. But I have kind of faith in myself without, if I would have not played Derrick Henry this week, I would have still beat Dale, uh, which makes me feel good uh, for the rest of the season. But Dale's team is, is there's that one hole in wide receiver too, which maybe he'll fill. Right. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, Doge, you mentioned that how mad Dale must feel because there's always that one team each season that scores the second most amount of points and gets vaulted by the most. And we're going to move to a matchup that's kind of the reverse of that, where you score the second or third least amount of points in a week, but you end up facing off against the guy who has the least amount of points. Uh, so we're talking about the Wiener Swing Dogs and the Dynasty, uh, which was a paltry 87.65 to 65.2 with Wiener Swing Dogs prevailing. I hope everybody bet the under on this <laughs> because, I mean, you had zeros on both sides and uh, a negative for defense on the Dynasty side. But really, it's just just a pathetic showing for every player on Deej's team. I, I know he has some injury issues and he found out very late that Dak Prescott went down uh, and a lot of buys. So there just wasn't a lot to win here. And, you know, not not to let Doge off the hook. Uh, some of his players did not perform well, but his best players did with Austin Eckler and Cooper Cup and CD Lamb really carrying him to victory. Uh, Grasso, what do you think? Oh, man. Just, this was like almost painful to watch. Um, good thing. There's like very bright spots, um, on Wiener's team to like, just hold on to Cooper cup has had like, a majestic, prolific, angelic season. Um, he's on a record breaking pace. I think it's insane. His pace is ridiculous. Is 21 touchdowns this season. I think he's going to have more than that. Um, they're going to play some shitty teams for the rest of the year. I, I think he's got potential. Um, Wiener's still trying to figure out that RB2 hole, um, which maybe, you know, he'll get there. There's buys this week that, you know, he had to deal with. Michael Carter on the bench. Uh, yep. As a Jets been, fan, as a, listen, listen, as a Jets fan and a fantasy person, I would have never played Michael Carter. Holy shit, New York Jets. Congratulations. You won. I played oh, Kenneth Gainwell poorly. That was it. That was the problem. Kenneth Gainwell was not Kenneth Gainwell. I can't believe Boston Scott got the more touches. I was I was also I was up 40 going into Monday night, and he had Daniel Jones and Graham Gano to go Monday night. I was terrified that Daniel Jones was gonna have one of those Daniel Jones games where he think looks like the best quarterback in the league. Um luckily he was an average quarterback. The Chiefs defense did something. Um, this is a lucky week. You know, Ben, you, you, you just sign off every week with win your week. I won this week. Yeah. By the Can't take that team, away from you. Based on, based on the matchup, I'm six and two now. I'm looking pretty good. It's been a miraculous season for the dogs. Um, 
Yeah, I just love Cooper Cuff. I want to kiss him on the mouth. I, I love him so much. Sorry. Gregory. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and again, one last thought here before we move to the final matchup. It's like you said, Doge, there's that what I feel like you're the lucky team this season, the one that wins those close matchups. There's always one team that's lucky and unlucky. A lot of years, it's usually the other Gregory that's very lucky, but it's rubbed off on you this year. And uh, yeah, right. Hey, it, it was, it was, I was my lowest scoring week and I still scored 87 points. I have not dropped below 87. So let's talk about let's talk about the the last matchup of the week. Yes, the Papa Squats versus the Show Me Atides. Uh, this was another one where Show Me Atides wanted to enter a higher echelon, and the Papa Squats wanted to improve on a sliding team that had a great roster. Thankfully for the Papa Squats, they did prevail, scoring 106.7 to the Show Me Atides 95.95. Grasso, what have you got for me? Oh, man. I just, I just, Spencer, I hope that you're listening right now. How far are we? What's our time? I would love to know. Uh, Spencer, you've been just, just great, dude. Just absolutely fantastically filling holes, figuring it out. You got blessed by AJ Brown this week. You got blessed by Adam Thielen. But like, just, finding ways to win and scrapping and and keeping it together. And uh, I mean, congratulations. Congratulations. Jimmy's team just kind of didn't show up this week. Scary Terry and, and Dalvin cook really haven't been overwhelming this season. They're good. Not overwhelmingly good. Um, But Jimmy's team is still great. And I think he has a lot of potential for the rest of the season. Also Jalen hurts has a lot of fantasy points before this week and this is kind of a down week for Jalen Hurts so he'll probably come back next week yeah it's wild Jay, the, the Eagles scored 44 points and Jalen Hurts scored 12 that's, that's weird wild. right yeah and he he does so much with his legs usually um I mean he, he had Tom Brady who scored almost 32 points on his bench which has gotta hurt I know the Saints have been their boogie team um but I think you gotta play Brady in a in a divisional matchup no matter who Hurts is playing um it's a Hertz good win. hasn't scored less than 23 points this season. It's a good win. It's a good win for, for, for Spencer. This is a, this is a week that if he makes a push to the playoffs, you know, again, he's in that, he's in that group of four and four teams. This could be a week where he might look back on it and say, yeah, I won this week. And because of this, I'm now, am now really in the playoff hunt. Um, Cause again, I mean, AJ Brown finally became AJ Brown. Um, his receivers are really, really good. So yeah, I think it was a, a good win for the for the for the squats. I couldn't agree more. Let's uh let's go right into it. I mean that that really wraps up our matchup for the week. So let's uh let's do some power rankings. You guys want some power rankings? We're gonna do them in tiers again. I uh, I have I have there's I think there's four tier there's three tiers. I, I agree. There, and there's a big middle tier. A huge middle tier. Yes. Whatever that sound was. Yes. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so in the bottom tier, uh, it's the, the usual suspect. Well, actually, it's not the usual suspects. We have a new entry in the bottom tier. Uh, it's the Fitzmagic at, riding it out at 1 and 7 at 12 and the Broken Cox at 11. And I have the Big X Bashers at 10 
Uh, and their team, you know, those two, those three teams, I mean, Fitz I is just, really I just want to let everybody know Greg Eckel just got mad, just in case you're wondering. Sure. Sure, he did. I don't even know if he listens anymore, but we'll find out. He does. He listens. Everybody listens. I don't believe that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Coughing is great radio. But uh, the, in these, you know, out, outside of uh, Fitz, uh, you know, the Broken Cox or the, the Bashers could make something happen. Uh, but it's going to have to be soon, and they have to go on a win streak if they want any oh, hopes of the playoffs being al- alive. Uh, so those that's really the bottom tier. I'll talk about why one of them one of the other teams is not in the bottom tier uh, after that. What are your thoughts on that? I think the thing, I think, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I just, I didn't hear you. So I started talking. Go ahead. No, I think the bottom tier fits by himself. And then I think there's a, a giant tier between three. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think, I think fits is a tier by himself. I think three to 11, who I, I think is, the Cox, the Bashers, the Vinzaloons, the Keegs to Success, the Papa Squads, the Dynasty, the Werewolves, the TDs, and the Moose. I think in that in that kind of that ascending order, and it's eleven through three. I think they're all in the same tier. I think Moose is ahead ahead of that tier because of the points four. He's kind but, of like floating in between tier, tier two and one, right? I, to me, he he doesn't have the record to be tier one. That's so me. you think you and yeah, I, you yeah. so, so Wiener, you think you and I are the are the clear front runners, and then everybody else is kind of mashed in the middle, and then Fitz is definitely on the bottom because he's in such a deep hole, and his well, team well, is well, not two two get games, there. two games, which is the lead that uh, Doge has on the field, is a lot in fantasy football. It's also, so, I also think, I mean, Grasso, you're two net wins away. You know, when you're when they look at the magic number uh, when we're talking about baseball, you know, every team, you know, teams ten wins away, eight wins away, or eight. You know, you're two net wins away from clinching the division. If you win one and Spencer loses this week, you only or you're three three games away, whatever. You know, you if you win this week and Spencer loses this week, you only need one more win the rest of the season to clinch the division. Yeah. And then I have again a two game lead on two TS two teams in my division, but. I don't know what kind of game the you know Moose is going to give. He's got a lot of points, but he doesn't have a lot of wins. Dale is a coming on strong, so I think that we have separated ourselves at least through week eight in that first tier. Again, I think that that second tier is is nine teams. It's so you know, close together. The, the, the interesting, I mean, the thing is that you know a lot of it is you go like I feel like be, just because of your record, you're ahead of Moose, but I feel like your two teams are basically interchangeable in terms of potential range of outcomes. Uh, even even yeah. though, uh, even though, yeah, the six and two does matter a lot. Um, but there's definitely, I mean, the, those. Uh, it's crazy that he has such a high points for, and he's only he's four and four. But you know, there's a team four. like that every year. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 it's. It's tight this year, especially in the middle. But I think again, because the, you, you in fantasy football, you just want get wins. You want to win your week so that you can be, you know, you have your eight wins to make the playoffs. And I, again, I think eight is the number. I think eight is the magic number where you're going to pretty much clinch a spot. I don't think there's going to be a, a a bad eight and six team that's going to miss the playoffs because of a tiebreaker. I think it'll be some combination of seven and seven. Um, I think the interesting one is that is that PFL South um, where where everyone's four and four or three and five. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that that's a very tight division. And the way that we've been, that we changed those rules is I don't know if 
you can get enough wins out of that division, those bottom teams can get enough wins to pull. I, I think maybe Jimmy's team is the only one that can maybe pull themselves out. Um, the rest of the season looks stark for the for the Keegs and the Dynasty. And the thing you got to remember is magic. Yeah, we end the season with three matchups against or two ma- three matchups against your division, which is going to be huge to end the deciding factor. We're kind of really getting to the crunch time, and I love it. Uh, and I think we we have some idea of, of kind of where we're going to head. And wh- who's who's got a challenging road ahead of us, Ben? Oh yeah, that's a that is an excellent segue uh, because we're bringing back the PFA stat team. Uh, the Pining for Analytics has made an appearance again this year. Uh, right around this time last year, we yeah, started hey, doing hey. we started doing these strength of schedule outlooks. In fact, it was la- it would have been last week was one year to the date and week week eight when we looked out into the future. Uh, so it would it's it's we're gonna go and we're gonna look and see who has the strongest and the weakest strength of schedule. And the way I calculate it, for those of you, if this is a first-time listener, uh, I look at everybody's points for, and reg- because I feel that as the uh, the opponent's offensive strength. So we look at your opponents and the points for, and we add them together, and whoever has the most points for and the remaining opponents has the strongest strength of schedule and be ranked 12th and who has the least uh will be ranked first and have the easiest and if you look at our stats this season and you look specifically at our standings espn now does a playoff percentage and if you're wondering huh the dynasty who doesn't have a ton of points scored for has a 70 percent chance of making the playoffs which is much higher than the other two teams in his division how could that be well that's because deej has by far the I mean, well, it used to be by far especially last week but this week by far the easiest schedule remaining well he has to face spencer then me then dale jimmy keegan and finishing with fits for the rest of the season uh and that will that it, it's 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 a little bit easier for uh, to win games against some of those teams again it's week to week so we'll see but the other interesting thing is the two other easy teams that are kind of lumped in there they're only a few hundred points behind our second place is the two deer beers too deep and third place is the moose mayhem with easy schedules for the rest of the season although two beers too deep does have a gauntlet the next two weeks facing doge and moose on consecutive weeks Ooh, uh, that's that's a rough stretch for for i didn't realize i knew it was a tough game for me facing facing grasa this week but to face again the, limping the, into the hardest weeks of my season i and i'm i'm just i'm feeling great i'm feeling so great about it i love fantasy football so much i mean, I mean and, you do luck out because your division is it, it record wise is weaker than the others so you are you're kind of luck out there that, that that's where that strength of schedule is going to come but not that much weaker like one game difference like next week yeah. this could we could be having a completely different conversation because there could be a bunch of four and five teams you know right and there will be one eight and one team <laughs> uh and so on the flip side of our strength of schedule We've got the hardest schedule uh, for the rest of the season is the Wieners Wien Dogs. Uh, he does face Grasso next week and Vinny's team, who's kind of ascendant right now, uh, the week after that. Uh, you got a little bit of an easier patch with Keegan and Echo, but then it, the, the, it ends the season against Dale 
and then Moose. Now that that Moose Doge game at the end of the season could have very many playoff implications around the board. So that that'll be definitely a matchup to watch for the rest of the season. Uh, and then the second hardest schedule is yours truly, the Broken Cox. So if I want a playoff spot, I'm going to have to earn it. I have to face Dale, uh, Deej, a Moose. Grasso and Vinny and then Spencer in there too. So I, I've got a gauntlet waiting for me. So it's going to, uh, you don't have the go. hardest, you don't have the hardest schedule. No, it's, it, it's me. Cause I play, I play, I have to play my oh, division, which is, which is statistically which, the strongest division right. based on points. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man, I, dude, that's a really, really hard, because like I'm kind of falling flat. I don't think I'm going to, you, you, I think Wiener has a better chance of winning. I don't know. I think you have a, a harder. I think you'll have a harder time beating those teams than Wiener will have. You know what I mean? I think it'll be closer, and you'll have a harder time. It's gonna. Those teams be- are very strong. That's what I'm going through right now. When I realize who I'm playing this week, if I don't look ahead. I have not been looking ahead on who I'm playing week to the next week. I'm focusing on this week. And when I went and I looked at my matchup this morning, I went, "Oh no." And, uh, and then I noticed that his roster is hurt. We'll talk about this later, but I am concerned that I'm not, that I may, I may finish six and eight and lose out, but my team is, is strong. And I think that we can push through this again. I think, you know, our, the, the, the PFL West is probably going to have three playoff teams. That would be my prediction. Well, yeah, it, I, I agree. They're the strongest division. So that would not surprise me at all, especially because there's, I have a feeling tiebreakers are going to come into play with 14 weeks. There's going to be, uh, it, more than two, seven and seven teams to finish the season. Uh, I have. Do, do you guys want to do one more fun stat? No, uh, I want to. I, I got to get to ne- this week. I, I got to talk about these matchups. I'm very excited. Oh man, it was this was a good one. I had a snap. Come on, for, give it to him. Let him do it. Keep I had a snapshot for where everyone was. A what? A snapshot. Uh, what did the? But what did you say before that? What did I say? I don't know. Not snapshot. I, no, let's say, let's, say, let's say it for the people next week. We got no, 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 just, no, let me just let me just say it real quick. Uh, so I have a snapshot for where all of our teams were exactly at this point last year uh, in comparison for points. Uh, and as a whole, our league is way ahead in points where they were from where they were last year. Just one. You, you, you want me to explain more? Or you want to just leave it at that? No, that's, I think I think I mean, I think offenses have been better this year. And I think that we're better fantasy players and we're knowing which players to play on a weekly basis. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, I think the points have been up all year. Um, yeah, and I think yeah. they're going to be high this week too. Unlike last week, which was awful. Only There's only one person who's really underperformed. There's a few people that were underperforming where they were last year. But interestingly, Grasso is three points worse than he was at this point last year. Three He's points like, worse? Yeah. Five points worse. You are at 1,051 points. Oh my God. I got to pick it up. And I'm Derek Henry's. Oh my God. This is, it's over. But you were also the best team in the league last year. You were six to two at this point. I was six. Uh, I, oh my God. Who was anyways. my first loss? Who was my first loss last year? I was trying to figure I don't, it out. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have that stat. I, mean, I didn't go that deep. You can figure it out. Well, not now. <laughs> not, not at this moment. Can't figure that out. Um, okay, guys. Do you want to do some matchups? You want to talk about what's happening this this upcoming week? We've got a lot of intrigue here. The anthem of the football team. Hail to the name redacted. Hail 
positive outcome. Players on the... All right, you know, we're going to jump right into the matchup of the week. We're going to start right off at the top. Uh, how could it not be the two division leaders, the combined best records in the league, uh, the two beers too deep at 8-0 and going up against the Wieners Wien Dogs at 6-2? and And, you know, on the surface, it should be a good matchup, but... <laughs> The two beers too deep are just decimated with injuries right now. They have, they lost the best best player in fantasy football in Derrick Henry. Uh, but, you know, injuries happen to everybody, so it's about how you adapt even at 8-0. Uh, I don't think he will be able to adapt this week. I think the wound is too fresh. So because of that, I'm going to go with the Wieners, Wien Dogs. Joe, tell me what you think. I will probably agree. Uh, Chris has an issue where obviously he lost two of his running backs and one of them might come back, but the depth just isn't there to help him out. Sucks that J.D. McKissick is on a buy, the quote-unquote PPR dream that he likes to call him. Um, I think Chris gets his first loss here. Chris, I think your first loss last year was Dale, if I'm not mistaken. I wanted to say that. I thought that's what it was. Ah. That's what I yes, absolutely I, thought it was. I'm going with the Doge. All right. Uh, let's go Grasso. So you can whine about your team for a little bit. Listen, I don't want to whine about anything. Um, injuries happen, especially after you say that you're in a bracket that is the injury bracket. And then the week after that, you lose your number two running back. And then the week after that, you lose the number one running back in fantasy football. Um, it'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. The world is not burning. Um, the rest of my team is so good that I think I'll be fine. I can lose once to Wiener. It'll be okay. Um, but genuinely this game, ESPN, it's, it's only a 15 point game. So who knows? Only 15 points is a lot for projection difference. I don't think there was a pick in there. Another one. Oh, no, I didn't make a pick. It's definitely Doge. I'm not picking myself this week. There's no fucking way. Debo's questionable. Devontae's questionable. Edwards Hilaire's probably not going to come back. Staffy's questionable. I mean, no chance. You say you have a Staffy infection? Not, not yet. I, uh, I, I think that I'm catching Grasso at the perfect time. And this is this is kind of the advantage I went through in week seven when I went through bye week jail and I had six of my or seven of my best players on a bye is now that I'm free the rest of the season to be able to play those guys on a regular basis. I only have Cooper Cup is basically the only big player left that I have that has a bye. I think I should win this week with Grasso. Basically, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is still on the IR. has not been activated yet. Um, Devontae Freeman is not a starting running back in fantasy football. Um, his receivers are all questionable. I think that I should win this game handedly, uh, embarrassingly, maybe. So just to be clear, that is a pick for yourself. Yes, I, I say should. I always say should because mm-hmm. who knows? You know, my guys all might break their, break their legs on, on the first play of the game. Got to get that little bit of wiggle room in there. Uh, yeah, so let's uh, – so, yeah, it's a sweep for the Doge category. Oh, before I forget to move on, I know we didn't do picks last week, but we did do picks, picks the week before that, and, guys, we nailed it. Uh, two of us went 6-0, and 
which was for the first time ever, both of Drum roll? The, That's gra- pretty cool. the Grasso and Doges. When oh no both, shit, really? Both of you both of you guys swept your categories with your choices. Uh oh, wow. Moose, Moose went four and two and I went five and one. So it was pretty good picks all around. Should have bought a lottery ticket. Apparently. Although Do- Doge did make a Doge, I just want to remind you that you did make a prediction that Grasso will go uh, eleven and three or ten and four and lose in the first round of the playoffs, and then Derrick Henry gets injured. So we'll, we'll see how accurate that becomes. Um, I did write that down. So let's move on to the Broken Cox versus the Weak Side Werewolves. Uh, this is, you know, every. Um, Every time you say the broken cocks, I like cannot help myself. In the intro, you said it's me, the bro- and I could not, I could not handle. And you know what? Every time you say it, it makes me just smile from the inside out, and it's wonderful. And well, I gotta take, going, I gotta say it with say conviction. It just say it again from, with your chest. All right, so uh, the broken cocks uh, versus the weak side werewolves this week. Uh, it's you know this is really fortunate for the broken cocks uh, because they've uh, uh, they encounter or I should say that the weak side werewolves encountered a COVID situation with uh, A. Ron himself, and so he's going to rely on Jordan Love. But I, so I think that's a big knock, especially with the broken cocks coming at full strength this week. So. Uh, with the full strength and with the really good matchups, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is facing the worst run def- defense in football, and the Bills are facing the Jaguars in Jacksonville. So I really like the Broken Cox this week. So I'm going with the Broken Cox. Doge? I love the Jordan Love start. I love it. I just, I, I, in my dream, Aaron Rodgers is just going to get crapped on this week. <laughs> love to come in, rush for a hundred yards, throw for three hundred, score a total four touchdowns. I, I'm picking Dale this week. I think that Dale is going to sneak a win. I think the matchups are overconfident matchups for the Cox. I think that the yes, you're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, but who knows if your point, your players are going to get the points. I'm going. I'm going Dale. All right. Grasso? Uh, this is like a close one to call because you're not really sure what's going on, Jordan Love. Um, also, James, James Robinson Rel- may not play. Also, James Robinson may not play, but he probably will. We don't know. It's a, it's a coin toss. Um, Zach Moss doesn't inspire confidence, no. um, but Jonathan Taylor does. Um, you're probably going to ride him for the rest of the year. Also, Tannehill looked good when they didn't have an exquisite run game last week and they were playing from behind. So, uh, I don't know. I'm going with the Cox this week. All right. Uh, Moosey Moose. The Jordan Love thing. I'm surprised that he just went with the backup instead of trying to find a better streamer. Um, the James Robinson thing, I think, will be his downfall if he doesn't play. Um I don't like Zach Moss either, Ben, but you know what? I still might have to give it to you. All right. You know, nobody's like Zach Moss, but he's been consistent this season. So I, that's why I keep sticking with him. Definitely not. He's definitely not RB2 worthy, but he's, he's definitely, know, he's, 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 he's flex he's worthy. A, he's 1A in Buffalo. That's a good start, but they just don't run the ball. No, I mean, well, I mean, there, there's too many weapons there. There's just too many. And Dawson Knox may be coming back either this week or next week. So, you know, that's another mouth to feed. 
Speaking of the Buffalo Bills, uh, let's look at probably one of the easiest matchups to pick this week. It's the Moose Mayhem versus the Fitz Magic. You know, in a perfect world, uh, this would just be a steamroll for the Moose Mayhem, especially with a lot of injuries on the Fitz Magic. But it's been that kind of season for Moose. When he scores a lot of points, uh, he may lose. And, you know, who knows? George Kettle may come back and be the George Kettle of old for the Fitz Magic. Uh, so, you know, even though I said maybe a steamroll, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to say Fitz Magic is going to get his second win against the Mayhem. Grasso, what are your thoughts? Ooh, I like that. That's a dangerous pick there um, because Jamar Chase is electric. Um, I think you've got to go with the Moose Mayhem. I like Fitz's team, and I think Miles Gaskin could go off against Houston. But I also think Nick Chubb is a little frustrated, so he's going to go off against Cincinnati. So we'll see what happens. But I'm going Moose. Smart. Uh, Doge? I think this is going to be a matchup that's going to come down to position v. position. So it's going to be Joe's running backs against Fitz's running backs. And who's going to win that matchup and by how much? Same thing with receivers because the teams look very similar on paper. Good running backs, solid, you know, solid receivers, great tight ends. Flexes are really good. Um, great tight ends. Oh, some some real tight ends. Um, I think it's going to be Moose because I think Moose's receivers are going to outscore Fitz's uh, – or uh, Moose's running backs are going to outscore Fitz's receivers. I think that's going to be the difference. Um, that Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, the fact that we let Nick Chubb fall into the second round is I'm uh, mad at everyone at the end of the draft. He's still not even he's still not on an RB1. He's the 17th ranked running back. He was out for multiple weeks. Okay. We'll, we'll see where he we'll see where he ends the season. So who are you picking? Oh Moose. Okay. And Moose. Uh three words, Michael Pittman Jr. We tend to forget Pittman is now the number 12 wide receiver in fantasy football. Uh, Cooper is behind him. Who would have thought that at week nine, we would have said that. Um, I like going against the grain because I don't like picking myself. So I will pick Fitz, but I do like my chances this week. So is that you, you're picking yourself? No, I'm picking Fitz. Okay. So you're picking Fitz. Moving on. Okay, so this one's going to be – that one was a unique one. We're going to see how that rolls out. Let's move to two teams that desperately need a win. It's the Vinzaloons versus the Keegs to success. Um, you know, looking at the team, I think Vinny's team really underperformed last week, even though he did pretty well. I think it's going to be another step up for him. You know, Zach Ertz is still getting comfortable in Arizona, and I think that's going to be a really – end up being a really good uh, pick for not only Arizona, but for him. And that cu- coupled with Josh Allen and Zeke Elliott bouncing back, I'm going with the Vinzaloons over the keys to success. I also think the Kansas City uh, is falling down a hole. So I don't like Tyreek Hill or Mahomes either. So that's why I'm going for the Vinzaloons. So Doge, tell me what you think. This is Vinny has the better overall team. Keegan has the the game the game winners the 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 you know the the 
the home I, run yeah, hitters. On average, Vinny's players are going to score more points, but Keegan's team has the opportunity to have massive weeks. That being said, I think it's going to be Vinny this week. I love Josh Allen. I he's I wish he was my quarterback. I think I got to go with Vinny. All right, uh, one for Vinny there. Let's talk to the Grassman. What do you think? Oh man, there's a lot of close games that are four and four versus three and five this week. Record wise, there's a lot of going to be a big shift. We'll see where wins and losses lie. I think that the Vince Loons have a really good shot of winning this game. But Patrick Mahomes and Tariq Hill are still Patrick Mahomes and Tariq Hill. And I think everybody's writing them off. They're a little bit frustrated. They kind of got figured out, but they're still very good. They've been just playing kind of backyard football for the last, I don't know, four years, five years. Sure. But I, they can used to they'd be able to turn it on, but they kind of figured it out. People have kind of defensively changed a little bit when they play them, but I think they still have that talent. They can have one of the best coaches in football, so they can probably turn it on against a competitor like Green Bay, who beat the Cardinals last week. I think that they're going to make a statement this week against Green Bay. So, what did I say, Vinny? No, I'm going Keegan. Going Keegan. All right. Well, they are great competitors, so we'll see. Competitors? Right. What did I? Is that what I said? <laughs> they were com- competing competitors. Competitors. Yes, competitors. I love it. Moose, thoughts? Um, I do think that Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey, to an extent, will have somewhat of a, re- a revenge game. I think that uh, people are starting to write them off a little too much, and they need to get back to basics. I think a Jordan Love-led Green Bay team is the way to do it. Um, I love Josh Allen, but I'm probably going with the Keeks on this. Interesting. Okay, another split vote there. So we're going to have some unique scores next week. That's for sure. In terms of unique. who picked teams. New York. New York. Mm. All right. Second to last matchup this week. We're moving to the Big X Bashers versus the Show Me a TDs. And if there's anything that Bashers need, it's a win. Uh, you know, he doesn't have to worry about his quarterback this week he's got Lamar Jackson back uh and I really think that this is not the team that Jimmy's going to be rolling with um don't I forgot Tom Brady's on by you know I think Eckle just caught him at the right week he's got a lot of his best players not playing this week uh, and he's got Jackson back so yeah as much as I hate to do it I really think Eckle's going to pull this one out simply for that reason Grasso tell me what you think uh, I think Lamar is the difference. Uh, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson, um, but I got to go where I don't want to go. I'm in Basher City, and I don't want to live there, and I don't want to be there. Um, but I think, I think he's going to – yeah, I'm, I think he's going to win this one. Don't tell him, though. Population echo. I, 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 tell him I, don't I think – I, I think, uh, like you said, Ben, I think uh, Jimmy's catching or Eccles catching Jimmy at the right time. Both of Jimmy's top two receivers are on by this week. Yes, Eccles without DK Metcalf, but he still has Justin Jefferson, who I did bash it earlier. But um, he's playing Baltimore, whose who's pass defense is a, can be exploited a little bit. Um, I got to go Eccles, 
but I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy won. But I, I, I got to go Echo. I think Hertz might have a good game against the Chargers, and that might be the difference for Jimmy. But I, based on what I'm looking at right now, it's got to be Echo. And Moose. Yeah, it pains me to say. I think it's uh, I think it's Echo as well. I mean, Chuba Hubbard. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be your RB two there, Echo. If uh, Christian McCaffrey comes back. Oh, never mind. He's not even starting him. I take that back. I'm in the wrong thing. Uh, Jimmy's team is straight up scrubs. So, uh, aside from Cole Beasley, uh, unvaccinated by the way, still, um, I think the rest of the Echoes team is strong. I got to go with Echo. Oh wow! Who would have thought that we would have all picked Echo to win? Oh wait, we did that two weeks ago, and we were right. We all picked Echo to beat me, and he did. Um, all right, let's move on to the last matchup: the Papa Squats versus the Dynasty. You know, before we before we get into the matchup discussion and picks itself, I think it'd be fun to have a quick roundtable discussion as to whether, if you were Spencer, you would start Christian McCaffrey this week or not. I mean, if 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 you have to, if if he's healthy, you have to start him. It's not a question. I don't think we need a discussion. I think that the any fantasy football player should play Christian McCaffrey. Ben, that is one of the most boneheaded questions I've ever heard you ask. If Christian McCaffrey is active, you start him. End of story. There's no debate. <laughs> that is not a debate. <clears throat> I believe there's um, oh, no boneheaded questions, only boneheaded responses, I believe. The phrase no, no, no. Goes. There's no dumb questions, but that was boneheaded. There's a difference. I think it's a fine line. <clears throat> um, Ben, I'm gonna be a little bit nicer than Joe Vermusa. What? Just, I, th- I think that's the meanest I've ever seen Joe Vermusa. Yeah, no, like I've just one of, Joe Vermusa. Just one of the most bizarre things I've ever heard him say. Hey, if the best player in fantasy football, number one pick overall, is active, should I even start him? The answer is always yes, Ben. Like. <laughs> At least in the flex. Like, I don't know. But they're going to give him the ball if he's playing. Um, Yeah, you got to start him. That's my answer. I'm I'm sorry, Ben. Okay, well, let's, so let's, okay, so let me ask you something. Do you think he's going to, I I guess this is more my point. Do you think he's going to start this week and thus be started? Yeah. Yes. Okay, um, so let's go to the picks. Uh, Grasso, what do you think? Oh, uh, this, I don't know. We'll go squatters. It's the squats. I just, I, I got a feeling. With McCaffrey coming back, I love I love the A.J. Brown out of the combo here. I don't, Deech's team is the ugliest team that could be good I've ever seen. I'm going to go squats. Moose. DJ had one of these teams last year where it was like really good on paper and still managed to sneak by. Um, but I think the wheels are going to start to come off. Uh, Najee Harris is obviously great. Dak's coming off an injury. So that's a little iffy. Stop starting Marvin Jones, man. Van Jefferson. Like, who else does he have? Nobody. Got nobody else to start. AJ is, Green, maybe? Yeah. What Arnold are Mooney? Yeah, no. Uh, Spencer, Spencer on this. No, no, no doubt. Especially, mm-hmm. especially if McCaffrey is back. I think that, I think that they still got Fournette in there. It's got to put somebody there. Um, uh, still Spencer. 
my my wheels are still spinning on it. I think just because of the way his team's heading, I'm gonna go. But over the way both teams are heading, I'm just going with dynamics and um, mojo. So I'm going with the Papa Squats. That's another sweep for us. We have only uh, three sweep picks this week, which is pretty low for us. So that's good to see. Uh, so that brings us to the end of the podcast this week. Although I think it, if you guys want to have another quick discussion or maybe Doge, you just want to explain a little bit about the trade that you and Moose had today, or maybe you guys could talk to the listeners to tell what went into that thought process of that trade before we this, sign off. Yeah. So we, so again, it was an Emmanuel Sanders for Alex Collins trade. This has been a, this is, this is the, the two people that see each other at the bar four or five weeks in a row and they, they start talking and then the next week they start flirting and then it moves on. And then on the fourth week, they finally hook up. That's what this trade was. It was, Moose and I have been talking about this straight up trade for probably since week four. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, it's, I need a little help at running back. He needs a little help at receiver. I, I feel comfortable with, with the, the Claypool and Waddle combo in my, as my third receiver. It's just an easy trade. It was uh, made both teams better. Didn't hurt either. I mean, Collins, Collins is literally sitting on my bench. I have no real place to start him until I have some bye week issues later in the season, but that's, you know, five weeks away. I'm not worried about that now. So sitting on my bench, I'd rather have a fifth receiver that, you know, can put up wide receiver two numbers in any week. I know obviously it was a goose egg last week, but that's, you know, besides the point, but yeah, I offered that trade to him weeks ago. He said no. And then today we did it again. It was just an easy, easy transaction. Yeah. And you know, there's this, it, I think it took the longest amount of time this season to trade trades to start happening. Cause you know, you see a lot of early trades a lot in our league, but now that trades have started happening, they keep happening. It's a reminder to everybody, our trade deadline is Thanksgiving. Um, or that the, the week of Thanksgiving. So we've still got a few weeks. Not it's not like the NFL, but you know that was some great insight. Thank you both for letting us know what was going on in that trade. Uh, this wraps up our return week. So thank you everybody for listening. And I'm the broken cock himself, the mouth breather Ben Max for the Wieners Wien Dogs Greg Marku for the two beers too deep Chris Grasso and as always our man in the booth. The Moose Mayhem, Joe Formosa. Once again, I'm Ben Max reminding you to win your week. Ben, the word of the week is availability. And availability. I have availability of every month. Availability is the best ability. As in, if Christian McCaffrey's availability is active this week, you start Christian McCaffrey. What a boneheaded comment. The angriest joke for